Welcome to Telegeography Explains the Internet, the show that explores the business behind all of the ways humans stay connected around the world. I'm your host, Greg Bryan. As both your host and the resident principal analyst in all matters enterprise WAN oriented, I'm not going to do an interview, but I'm going to go solo for our top trends in the WAN for this year. So we are currently still analyzing the data for our 2022 telegeography panel WAN manager survey. We also did an outside panel this year, which is out there in the world, uh, giving us a broader picture. But to talk about trends, I want to stay with the same panel of kind of large multinationals from the Global 5000 list that we've been pinging over the past several years. We started this in 2018 um, to see what's up with their network decisions, what their network configuration looks like, where they are with SD-WAN adoption and whatnot. So take these results with a little bit of grain of salt because I, I have the raw analyzer tool open in front of me and um, and we still need to make some tweaks to it. But there's a few highlights that I think um, won't change that much that they can be some interesting headlines as we go into writing about this next year. And the first one is that we definitely uh, looks like we're going to see a pause in the slowdown of MPLS as a part of the network. So we've seen a pretty steady decline since 2018 of MPLS as a percentage of sites in the typical network. And we definitely saw that kind of flatten out this year. So it went up from, you know, in the, the, the mid 80s when we started looking at it down to about half of sites running MPLS on average. And that's about where it's going to be. We've still seen DIA increase over that time. And, and we still saw that increase going. So even if they're keeping MPLS Network managers are, are adding in local internet breakouts. And, and uh, the data also shows something interesting, which is that those definitely tend to be DIA more so than broadband. And, and we've done some interviews with with various WAN managers that will, will come out in the report, um, delve into a little bit of, of the thinking there. But um, we've definitely seen WAN managers be a little bit hesitant to just jump all in with broadband, especially outside of a certain few markets where it's super uh, reliable, uh, almost DAA-like service. So in places where you can get, you know, fiber to the premises from, say, a, a cable operator, MSO, that kind of thing, then you're going to see that uh, get traded out. But um, in a lot of locations around the world, we're seeing uh, enterprises that are moving away from MPLS or augmenting their MPLS, um, doing that more so with DIA than broadband. Of course, all of that uh, is facilitated or hand-in-hand, uh, hand at least, with SD-WAN adoption. We still see really high interest in SD-WAN. Um, the adoption rates kind of fell short of our expectations. Um, we talked about this a little bit uh, with Brianna, but the, but the upshot there is that um, there, there's certainly a lot of folks are still very keen on SD-WAN. They're still looking into it. They still want to roll it out. But really, rollouts took so long that um, that uh, installed rates are a little bit um, south of where we might have expected them to be. As I've been saying for a couple of years, though, we definitely expect that number to be bigger in the in the next couple of years because even if things are taking longer, there was a pause due to COVID. Uh, then there was a pause due to supply chain issues and all that sort of thing. The interest is still there. SD-WAN is still going to be 
the dominant technology. I mean, it is dominant now in the sense that we certainly see around half, if not a little more, of, of folks who have adopted SD-WAN already. But um, I think that uh, that it's going to be you know strongly dominant over the next few years as as a key networking technology. Wow. We don't see the move away from MPLS as being quite as stark as we would have seen it a, a few years ago. So, so there's going to be some MPLS sticking around in various markets or across markets for for various uh, types of offices, that kind of thing. Um, still going to diminish from from where it was or where it is now, um, but that uh, that may be a little bit um, uh, contracted uh, the the decline from what we thought it might be. So the other thing that we asked about in this year's survey that I think is is a real trend for 2022 is network as a service or NAS. We've talked about this on the podcast a lot. One thing to hit before we talk about our survey results is that I think really in 2022, we saw a lot of real offerings from both pure play NAS kind of providers like the, the fabric providers of the world and carriers and MSPs alike really coming to market with NAS services that, that you can go purchase today, get on a portal, turn things on, that kind of thing. So, so that is out there. It's still not um, a ubiquitous uh, type of service in terms of availability across providers and that sort of thing. Um, some providers even report that they're not really even seeing much interest or demand in it, um, which would comport with what we saw in our survey, to be honest. Um, uh, our survey asked just, um, where are you with, with, uh, NAS adoption? Like we would have asked about SD-WAN, uh, starting in, in 2018 and, and similar to that, we found it, it's not very, um, popular yet among the enterprise community. A lot of them were aware of it, but just hadn't really gotten to, uh, look into it, um, yet. That was about uh, a third again in our sort of preliminary results. The plurality though, 40%. Uh, said they weren't even familiar with with NAS. So I think there's a lot of education to happen in that space across enterprise uh, WAN managers, IT infrastructure teams, um, not even really aware of of what's out there. Um, there were a few folks that answer our survey that have already been running NAS. And, and I did an episode with Michael Winston all about this. And and um, uh, he's an example of an enterprise that that has already adopted these services. And and he is um, an example of someone that really thinks that this is the future of networking. I think that's a totally fair take. Um, uh, I don't think that um, that carriers are disappearing anytime soon or anything like that, but that that uh, NAS really can have the potential to change the way that we think about the network as this static entity that is there regardless of what your traffic ebbs and flows look like, the boom and bust cycle of, of how your business cycles go, that sort of thing. I think NAS, uh, the real focus of it, in my opinion, at this point is on the different billing and contract types, um, as well as obviously the technological aspects of automation, having a portal, spin up servers, spin up connections um, that we're used to in the cloud uh, world applying to the network world directly. Um, but it also really does come down to in a way that you can have uh, the flexibility to respond to business needs with the network 
on an immediate basis um, rather than on a several year contractual cycle basis. So it's it's hard to see that not becoming really important in the WAN world over the next few years, but I do think our data from the WAN manager survey indicate that there's quite a ways to go. And when you look in on what's actually out there uh, from various uh, providers, um, it, it really runs the gamut from, you know, we have a NAS service that's up and running. You can go log on to it right now and spin up a server to we have a plan in place to roll this out over the next several years. Um, so I think that's a, definitely a space that's going to come up a lot more on this show, in our research and all of that. But there's just not a lot going on from, from the end user perspective just yet. Sassy, the other sort of um, really buzzwordy kind of thing, I think is in a little bit of a similar space. There are certainly um, sassy offerings. And when we say sassy offerings, it's always important to remember that we mean a framework, a concept for your security posture in this new network. that is out there. All the all the providers, um, whether it's security providers, SD WAN providers, carriers, MSPs, all of them have had to develop a sassy story uh, over this year. Some of them have rolled out some specific elements that would count as sassy, um, like you know, CASB, Secure Web Gateway, um, ZTNA, those kinds of things. Um, everyone has to have a partner that they're offering those with or um, uh, some way of presenting that to a customer. But there's still this kind of lag of getting to where um, we have enterprises saying, yes, I have a full SASE stack and I have rolled it out and I've thought through all of it. Um, so I think we're getting there, certainly, um, in terms of awareness, knowledge, that kind of thing. Um, but there's definitely some development um, to be had there. And again, I think the key with SASE is that it really has to do with these other changes that we've seen in the WAN over the past couple of years, really, especially over the past year, that have impacted why you need to change your security posture. The move to cloud services, the move to uh, UCAS kind of services away from traditional voice services and even voice and video kind of services, uh, the move of all of your uh, compute and software into the cloud, the the need for local internet breakouts to make that work better. Uh, like I've mentioned very many times before on the podcast, this, this drive looking at consumer grade tools to say, hey, why can't we have that kind of ease and functionality in the enterprise tools and that's what pushes you away from those on-premise data centers, MPLS, uh, things like that, and then needing to rethink the castle and moat um, security architecture. So all of that stays the same. All of that, I think, really just, if anything, increased as a trend over 2022, but we're not there in terms of the WAN industry um, of having arrived at, uh, you know, this is SASE, um, it's here, everyone agrees on what it is, and how you can buy it and how you can put it together. I think that's what we'll be looking for in 2023 to kind of come together and uh, and get to a point where um, it, we can clearly define and and purchase it and understand um, uh, exactly how to put it together for different kinds of networks. Really not unlike where we were with SD-WAN a few years ago. 
So th I think those are really the key trends in the WAN in terms of uh, what we saw happening in 2022. I think as we look into 2023, these things don't go that quickly. They're not going to be that different. We're going to see more uh, NAS awareness, more sassy um, uh, clarity and availability in terms of specific stacks of security products that you can buy. And then the other thing, of course, to watch out for in 2023 is the development of uh, 5G fixed wireless access. I think that is uh, still very nascent. Um, and I think an important point about it is that where the 5G towers with, with ample fiber to them now are located is still kind of in urban areas, which is precisely where they're not as useful for the most part because everyone has uh, more op opportunity for uh, alternative wireline connectivity in urban areas. As we see 5G spread around to more difficult markets, which is definitely going to take time, um, now there are some fixed wireless access plans in place. Um, so as as that 5G uh, technology tower and the, the the physical towers spread around the world, I think we're going to see some some real changes worth looking out for in that area. So that's what we'll be looking out for in 2023. And make sure you look out for our 2022 WAN Manager survey that we'll be releasing in quarter one of next year. Thanks for listening. Telegeography Explains the Internet comes from the experts here at Telegeography. It's edited and produced by Jane Miller, and it's hosted by me, Greg Bryan. And I also wrote that theme song you're listening to right now. To learn more about our data, jump over to telegeography.com and we'll see you on the internet.